You're listening to Hire Through Retire, a health and wealth podcast with FOIA leaders, Bill Harmon and Heather LaValle, tackling all things from 401ks to HSAs and everything in between. We're talking to the best and brightest in the industry to bring you the latest in health, wealth, and investment trends in the workplace. Come along with us on our journey to help all Americans become well-planned, well-invested, and well-protected. Welcome back to Hired Through Retire, a health and wealth podcast. It's open enrollment season, so understandably, we've been talking a lot recently about trends in the health and employee benefit space. But today, we're going to take a dive into the topic we all know and love, and that is the 401k. Before we get started, back again today is my trusty friend, colleague, and co-host, Bill Harmon. Hey, Bill. So great to see you again. Hey, Heather. Uh, Happy to be here. Great to see you and uh, great to be with everyone today. And I got to tell you, I am so glad we're talking about this topic today because, as you know, I spent a lot of my career in the 401k world. So, of course, it's a topic that's near and dear to my heart. In fact, I believe my first 401k client came on board way back in 1989, back when, I guess, when you enrolled in the plan, you enrolled by signing a document called a salary reduction agreement, you know, marketing 101 right there. We've come a long way uh, since those uh, attractive naming conventions. Joining us today is someone who's had a lot of experience and knowledge, and he really provides great perspective, and that's none other than Fred Barstein. Fred is a consulting editor at RPA Convergence with Investment News, but is also most known for his weekly video series, 401k Real Talk, where he reviews recent industry trends and provides open, honest, and candid discussions you won't get anywhere else. Well, Fred, we're excited to get uh, real and talk to you today, and so I want to thank you very much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. And, and I should also mention, I run a couple of other companies called Trow and TPSU. So that's, uh, that takes up a little bit of my time uh, when I'm not doing videos. Well, Fred, I just want to say uh, welcome. We're super excited to have you on our show. And you know, in prepping for this episode, uh, we came across a LinkedIn article you wrote earlier this year on the topic of mindfulness. And, and I'll tell you, this, is, this really resonated with me as somebody who spent a lot of my time doing yoga and meditation. And I thought it was a really interesting connection to uh, 401k in the retirement industry. So, you know, you you talked about the role it plays, mindfulness plays in the retirement industry, and particularly um, the role of a planned fiduciary. So we'd love it if you can explain a little bit more about what you mean by that. And how do you yourself exercise mindfulness? Yeah, so I have a a pretty robust yoga and meditation practice. I've been doing the Bikram yoga for 20 years, um, three or four times a week. I started meditating pretty seriously about 12 years ago, and now I'm meditating two hours a day. So I use the Vipassana uh, meditation. You know, and it's funny, when I started doing it, I came back from a 10-day silent retreat um, to a business meeting. And somebody asked me, like, well, how do you do both, right? I mean, aren't they, like, really different? I said, no. If you can bring them together, it's very powerful. It's just like diversity. You know, the value of diversity is to bringing things that don't seem to, you know, fit. And when they come together, there are great, great results. And in the um, writing that I did, and I do the periodically about mindfulness and meditation, I said, it's especially important to have mindfulness. And now mindfulness is what we're trying to achieve. Meditation is the practice to get there because we, whether we're an advisor or a provider or a planned sponsor, we're helping other people and we have to put other people's interests 
before ourselves, which is not unfortunately a normal human quality. So we have to like practice. And it's really the difference between being a, a fiduciary and maybe rules-based and a steward, where we're really trying to really know that we want to help people. And the stewardship, I would say, is the opposite of ego. You know, ego is is a good servant, it's a bad master. So when the ego is our master, you know, we put our self-interest. And when we to speak for myself, the more meditation I do, um, mindfulness and yoga, I realize by helping other people, I'm really helping myself. And it really comes back to me. The opposite is true. You can't hurt someone, get angry, yell at them, unless you've injured yourself first. And so you have to stop doing that, but the, the helping. And so uh, it also comes down to, you know, ultimately the goal is to be happy, right? To be, find happiness and peace. And if we're not happy and we're miserable, it's going to be really hard to help other people. So that's how, you know, I've incorporated um, meditation and mindfulness. I think we're just at the beginning and I'm a real zealot for it. Um, and hopefully I can spread the word a little bit more. You know, that, that's great, Brad. Thanks for sharing that. You know, I think it's really become more front of mind mindfulness that is in the pandemic and, and the dramatic change we've all had to go through. And, and it's really something that's happened in every industry, but certainly one that's affecting the 401k world. And, and it's really now adapting to sort of this post-pandemic world. And there's, there's several facets here through the lens of a broader financial planning perspective, where it's, whether it's transferring of um, workers' assets amongst the, uh, amid the great resignation, or maybe it's advisors and how they're prospecting in this new world, or even how we conduct meetings or attend events. Quite literally, every aspect of what we knew and how we used to operate has changed and really requires some adapting by all of us. And not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but how do you see retirement plan advisors and maybe in record keepers adapting to this new normal world? What, what do you think would be most effective? Yeah, uh, Bill, I think the entire world has changed. And like you said, um, I don't think it's, all, it's, it's bad. I think it's very good. Although there are things that we do want to return to, I think having some meetings and having some personal interaction is, is important, but maybe not as much as we had. You know, the great resignation to me, I just uh, wrote about it or did it on my um, a recent 401k real talk, is 4.3 million people quit their jobs in August of 2021, which was a record. And the previous record was July when 4 million people quit their jobs. And, you know, lots of reasons. And I think um, the pandemic is 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 a big um, part of that, you know, where people are finding better and good opportunities, which is stunning because in March and April of 2020, we lost 20 million jobs, and at one point we're a million, we were losing a million a day. That all, this great resignation, and also combined with two million, Ebri said that two million more people than expected retired, and I think that this is all being sort of accelerated uh, and highlighted by the pandemic, but it has really turned the tide in my mind for retirement, uh, 401k, defined contribution, because one of the big struggles that plan sponsors had, you know, we, we, we train a lot of HR people, we've trained almost 12,000 of them in person, is how do I get senior management engaged? How do I get them to care about the 401k plan? And it's, a, it's been a real struggle. It's not anymore. 
because when we, um, at top of mind in strategic is recruiting and retaining talent. And the retirement plan, especially for younger workers, especially for you know, professional younger workers, retirement plans at work are a key benefit. There was some research done recently. It's the number one benefit for tech workers in, in California. So we have moved from being a tactical benefit to a strategic uh, on that. So that's the, the number one, I think, most important thing. In terms of, you know, just sort of, you know, more uh, normal, you know, virtual meetings, you know, we're realizing that not all the meetings that um, RPAs had with plan sponsors had to be in person, maybe once a year versus quarterly. The dramatic change in being able to access participants and helping them at home when they're there with their spouse where they might have all of their records is, is so much better than doing it at work. And also, you know, for the industry, wholesalers meeting with advisors, you know, where it always was hand-to-hand combat. Now it's a lot more with Zoom. Uh, we're getting much more comfortable with electronic delivery and signature of documents where that had, you know, been an issue. And I think that ultimately we're seeing uh, the pandemic has really highlighted the importance of, you know, the retirement plans at the workplace. It's not just for saving for retirement. It's helping with all financial issues, whether it's uh, student loans or emergency savings or, you know, the next big issue we're going to have to tackle is retirement income. Now we've helped people to accumulate assets. How do we help them to spend? And in terms of prospecting and communicating, we need to reach people on a customized message, who they are, where they go, whether it's social media or their um, mobile phone, and giving them uh, at the right time, knowing when it is time for to deliver the message, hey, I'm thinking of refinancing my house, or I have a lot of credit card debt, I need to figure that out. The communication uh, ability, whether it's with prospecting or helping, is going to radically change. And I think the pandemic highlighted that. Fred, thank you. Really, some really, really good stuff for our listeners to think about. I'm going to pivot to another very important topic, and, and that's legislation. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about pooled employer plans, PEPs on this podcast before, and uh, we know that both MEPs and PEPs have been hot topics over the last year, last couple of years, and, and with a secure and potentially secure 2.0. And of all the proposals and new ways that are being looked at to help Americans save more, which ones are you most optimistic about? And, and you know, which do you think could have the greatest impact? Yeah, I think I think you mentioned a couple of them. You know, the the mandates are coming, you know, whether it's coming that all plans, all organizations of a certain size are going to be required to have some sort of retirement plan. And it it does not make sense to have each state to have a different mandate. It's just a patchwork and it's just crazy. So now we've seen, you know, legislation in the Secure 2.0 of having a federal mandate. And that has dramatic implications um, for small businesses, but also for the industry. Because I think, you know, right now we have about 650,000 defined contribution plans. There's five or 6 million more organizations, companies, smaller businesses. And it's almost going to require 
a different business model. We're never going to eliminate people, but we have to use technology more. And I think that, you know, pivoting these PEPs, MEPs, now we have GOPs, groups of plans, even exchanges. I think they make so much sense as a vehicle uh, because now we're pooling the whole value of 401k defined contribution is we pooled assets together. These um, multiple employer plans, these types of plans are now pooling plans together so they can get you know, better pricing, better service, outsourcing of the fiduciary a role with some of them, uh, but also, you know, limiting the work that they have to do because, you know, plan sponsors don't really have, especially in the smaller companies, the staff. So I think that that vehicle is going to help, but the auto features are critical, you know, at, at TPSU, for every program we do at the end of the program, we say, okay, well, here's the ideal plan based on what plan sponsor said, which is auto enroll at six to 7%, auto escalate to 12, stretch the match and use a target date or a managed account as the default option. And we know that works. That, that is just scientific. I think it needs to have a mandate for the small plans to be, you know, to offer retirement. And I think the mandate will dramatically increase if we have auto enrollment. So I think those are the three things that I'm, I'm seeing. Very happy that the government is involved. I used to laugh when advisors used to say, if the government would just get out of my business, it would be great. And I'm like, well, then you may not want to pick a business that's named after an internal revenue code. So we, are, we do have to do it. And I think that it has been so far a bipartisan issue, something that everyone seems to agree on. Hopefully it'll continue. Well, I tell you, you have two big believers here on those auto roll levels and auto increase. You know, the Voya Institute for uh, Behavioral Finance has done a lot of work on that and yeah. found it to be very effective and really received really well. So, um, you know, we're big believers. You know, one topic, Fred, that you've talked about recently is private equity inside defined contribution plan investment portfolios, which, which I think is something we can discuss as it pertains to trends in the 401k world. And from our side, Voya, I think, you know, really with the, with the right framework and investment vehicles, providing access to alternative investment solutions within workplace savings plans could, it could really help Americans achieve greater long-term retirement goals. And if you have greater access, you're going to have greater outcomes. So what are your thoughts on this topic, Fred? Well, it's funny because I, I do write about it quite a bit. To a certain extent, private equity is dominant in the um, in our industry, and you know, it's I deal with plans usually, you know, under five hundred, you know, that million that are um, run by retirement plan advisors. A lot of the record keepers have invested in them; they own and have invested in a lot of the retirement plan advisors. And now they're buying up all the annuity, uh, a lot of the annuity providers that are going to fuel our retirement income. From the outside, they are investing in our industry. Now, the question you have is, should we be investing and should retirement plans? And the answer is absolutely. Um, Alternatives, real estate, commodities, hedge funds, private equity. We need to, when it comes to investing to follow the institutional investing, you know, the defined benefit, the larger DC plans, the pools of money, the foundations and endowments, and see what they're doing. 
and follow that trend. So we need to get that in there. With that said, we don't want to have somebody investing their entire portfolio in private equity, right? We don't even want to give them the opportunity to do that unless you know, they want to do it through a brokerage or something like that. So we're seeing more and more of the investments being professionally managed, whether it's a target date, whether it's a managed account, whether eventually a retirement income and having those assets, just like when ETFs, um, Bill, I'm sure you remember and, and Heather, you know, the big debate on whether ETFs should be in uh, 401k plans. And my answer, you know, was yes, but as a building block, not as a, a standalone investment. So that's where I see private equity, but an absolute 100% advocate of it. And I think you're 100% right on having uh, that included. So Fred, I'm going to try to wrap up for our listeners um, some of the real key themes that you've hit on for our for us today. You've talked about the importance of mindfulness, uh, particularly as the role of the of fiduciaries. Um, you've also talked about how really the pandemic has helped to drive the importance of of the retirement for the employer, and then taking that more broadly of the importance of addressing all financial needs for participants and then customers. You know, technology is here to stay and the need for personalization and how we better leverage technologies to serve our customers. And then, you know, lastly, we talked a little bit about the importance of leveraging you know, alternatives and even lifetime income, but that the evolution of, of solutions in our space is going to be continue to be that much more important. So I'm going to pivot, Fred, and ask you one final question. And that's really, you know, Bill and I are, are new at this. Um, you know, we, we just started this podcast a little bit earlier this year. And you are a veteran interviewer. So we'd like to just get some, some of your thoughts. Can you help us understand, you know, is there, um, you have recommendations for us, uh, any words of wisdom? Is there a favorite, you know, interview you've done or maybe someone who really took you surprise? We'd just love to get your thoughts. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a good question. One I hadn't thought about. There were three things I would focus on. Number one is know the audience, you know, almost like put yourself in the shoes of the people who are listening and what questions would they want? Know the person you're interviewing as you did, you know, do the research, what's important to them, what are the things that are, you know, relevant for them. And then the final one, and, and I have interviewing and moderating a panel as a similar kind of thing. Um, and I saw myself moderating a panel one time early on in my career, and I was just so embarrassed about how bad I was because I couldn't shut up. And I want to interject my views because I thought they were so important. And so one of them is to just keep quiet, you know, and let people talk as you have done. And in terms of, you know, looking back, you know, one of the best interviews that I ever did, it was actually not... Well, I mean, it's when I moderated Investment News Aggregate Roundtable, and I think, Bill, you were there at the very first one. It was Fielding Miller from CapTrust. He was so open, so um, honest, so willing to share what he was doing. And I think it just sort of set a tone uh, for me and for everyone because, you know, what he said was, you know, there are no secrets. It's all about the execution. And I'm willing to tell you what's going on. And the things that he shared still resonate with me about how the focus is on the participant and how we can help them and work with them. Uh, and that was relatively new uh, concept in 2018. So 
Uh, that was the best interview that I had ever done. Well, that was, and, and all those have been great events because I think you really do facilitate an environment where you have open dialogue. So, uh, you know, Fred, thanks so much for your time. I, we really appreciate your open and honest and candid conversation, and we hope to have you back soon. Anytime. I, you know, I always say I love to, I love to talk and, and I love to talk about 401k and I love to talk about mindfulness. And I used to like to talk about the New York Yankees, but not this year so much. <laughs> well, Spring will be here soon. Maybe well, next. I hope our listeners have heard some ideas here that might be beneficial for their own work. And remember, if you're liking us and what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe to our show so you'll be notified of each new episode. I'd like to thank you for coming along on our journey today. Stay well. This information is provided by Voya for your education only. Neither Voya nor its representatives offer tax or legal advice. Any opinions expressed within do not necessarily reflect those of the Voya family of companies or its representatives and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Please consult your tax or legal advisor before making a tax-related investment or insurance decision. Products and services offered through the Voya family of companies.